Are you using assessments, surveys, or indexes to figure out which people on your team would be the best fit to be promoted and into which positions? While I've personally used personality assessments like DISC in the hiring, recruiting, and managing and leading of my people, and I've talked about it on the podcast, today I'm excited to interview Colby certified growth consultant and green industry veteran, Jason Cup. In this interview, Jason shares why instinct is different from personality and how the Colby Index differs from tools like DISC, Myers-Briggs, and other personality assessments. Jason recommends that you make hiring decisions based on one-third instinct, one-third skill, and the final third, well, you've got to hear the interview to find out what it is. We weren't getting the leads that I knew we could. We weren't getting the right leads. What started happening is that our, our leads are more qualified. Our sales have probably gone up by about 10 to 15% a year. We're going to increase our sales volume by a million dollars in a year. Hey everyone, Jack Jostis here and welcome to the Landscaper's Guide. You know, I love listening to podcasts and eating beef jerky at the same time. If you haven't tried it, it's an incredible combo. And uh, hey, I'd love to send you some beef jerky for real in the mail and a free copy of the Landscaper's Marketing Field Guide. I'll send it to you in the Landscaper's Marketing Toolbox in the mail and uh, it'll give you some beef jerky and some helpful marketing ideas. So if you haven't gotten one of these already, go to landscapersguide.com slash toolbox or see a link in our show notes and I'll ship one out to you. And without further ado, let's have a great conversation with Jason Cup. Hey everyone, Jack Joss is here and welcome to the Landscapers Guide. Today I'm excited to interview Jason Cup. Jason is a former CEO turned Colby certified growth consultant, team builder, and motivational speaker. He has extensive green industry experience too. He was the president of the National Association of Landscape Professionals from 2008 to 2009 and was on the NALP board from 2006 to 2010. He was the CEO of two different landscape companies in the Kansas City area for over 20 years, and he won the 2018 Lawn and Landscape Leadership Award. Jason now runs a consulting firm focusing on a variety of industries, including the lawn and landscape industry. Today, I'm excited to have Jason on the show to talk about how to use assessments in your recruiting, hiring, and managing your team. Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, Jack. Thank you so much for having me. Super excited to spend time with you and everybody that's going to watch this. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I, I appreciate you coming on the show. And I, you know, I wanted to start with what is the Kobe assessment? You know, I've, um, I've had some experience with disc assessments. I haven't had a lot with Kobe. So tell us just generally, what is it? Yeah, you bet. So I stumbled upon the Colbier Index is, is what it's called. That's their trademark, Colbier Index. I stumbled upon the Colbier Index. Gosh, it was in 2005 when I was running one of my landscape companies. And, and it automatically changed my world. It also changed our company's world. And so what it is, is it measures an individual's natural instincts. Those natural instincts are born into us. So it's not a personality test. It doesn't measure... IQ. Um, it's oftentimes uh, kind of miscategorized as a, as, a, as a test or an assessment. It's not that. It's an index. 
And when we're measuring someone's natural instincts, those natural instincts do not change over time, or the statistic is, is that it's in the upper 90 percentile in terms of indexes that don't change over time. And so we can rely on them. They're predictable. We can determine based on those results the way that an individual is going to communicate, the way they're going to problem solve, the way they're going to work under adversity, the way they're going to complete tasks, their relationship to time and what their best form of communication is. And I've found over, let's see, so 2005, I do the quick math, 2005 to current 17 years of being certified um, in, in the Colby Index. I, I have found that it is an incredible tool to build a team around, and it's also an incredible tool to hire new team members to insert into these already dynamic companies that I know are, are, are following you and our clients of yours. When you, when you say natural instincts and that they don't change over time, how, how and when in life are they formed? Is this, is this, are your natural instincts formed when you're a child under five or what really, you know, shapes someone's instincts? So Kathy Colby, who uh, created the Colby wisdom, she, she's the theorist behind um, the entire Colby platform. Uh, She would say that they were, they're born into us and, and she's done extensive research and, and, and data mining in the world of children to see at, like I, I met my neighbors last night, brand new neighbors just moved in next door. They have a 10 month old. Kathy would tell you that there's certain things that that 10 month old would be doing. And, and as they you know continue to age, that she would be able to recognize, I can't do that, <laughs> but uh, she would be able to recognize certain instinctive traits that would live within that child. It's really pretty fascinating. I've seen some videos that Kathy has done. So it's at birth. It's at birth. We can't change or want or desire our instincts to be anything other than what they are. Our instincts are our instincts are our instincts. Well, I'm curious, um, you know, you work primarily with business owners and entrepreneurs, right? Um, what are, are there, are there commonalities that you found in, in, in doing this with entrepreneurs? Do they have certain instincts very, very interesting question. It's actually asked to me a little bit more often than you would think. Um, early in my certification, back when I, I hadn't interpreted as many indexes, I might have said yes. Now I'll say, if I were to look at my database, which literally has thousands upon thousands of indexes of, of employees and team members and, and, and so forth, I would say that it is a wide swath of all kinds of different results. I, I have some clients who have built up amazing successful businesses that would be in one kind of index certain action modes and then i've got the exact same level of success which might be the opposite of that so there is no consistency in terms of the results related to entrepreneurship or running a business or having a level of success, because the Colby is gonna tell us the path in which someone someone is gonna go to get to an end result, not necessarily if they can. It doesn't, it's not a, can they do it or can they not? It's more mm-hmm. the path that they're gonna go to accomplish the task that they have you know, in front of them. So do you think then are our entrepreneurs and or leaders, right? Because there can be leaders who aren't necessarily entrepreneurs and they're entrepreneurs who aren't necessarily leaders. It, are, are those 
born traits? Are there people who are born to be entrepreneurs? I personally think, um, especially having worked with entrepreneurs in my consulting business for the you know last whatever it is, 16, 17 years, I personally think that entrepreneurship is kind of a grit. It's kind of a it's kind of a drive. It's it's something that that lives inside of us that that is that we want to take the risk on to go and build something that's dynamic. I don't necessarily I think entrepreneurship can be learned, but I think I mean I was I started my first business when I was eight years old. <laughs> you know, um, mm-hmm. it it probably <laughs> is something that that existed in me as a young child. I mean, evidenced by eight years old. My dad would tell me how I would charge him at the kitchen table to tell him how my day was, you know, and how son, how was your day today? I go, dad, I'll tell you, but you got to give me a dollar to do that. And so we laugh about that as a family because it's very true. (laughs) But then there's some people that get the entrepreneurship bug and they, Mm -hmm. they pursue that. So I don't necessarily know that it's this given talent, but I do think that it can be learned, but I also think that it, you can just be an entrepreneur and run with it. Yeah. You know, I, I actually mentored a nine-year-old boy recently who started a, a jewelry business and in mentoring him, I learned that he, he was just entrepreneurial in his life. Um, I don't know that he negotiated to, to tell his parents how his day went, but he was, he was creative and thinking of ways to sell things and fix things and build things. And it was just interesting to work with somebody so young who, who seem to have it innately. So, so I'm curious, you know, with, with instincts and you mentioned the grit and the risk portion of it, mm-hmm. are there certain Colby indexes that are better suited for handling the risk and the stress of the ups and downs, or how does that kind of tie into how people are running an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial lifestyle? Well, so, so if I go back to, I, I've seen great entrepreneurs, awesome, successful entrepreneurs with all kinds of different results. It might be best for me to just quickly kind of share the, the four action modes that a Colby index can come back as. Um, four, four action modes, fact finder, follow through, quick start, and implementer. Fact finders need details. If they're an initiating fact finder, which means that's a, that's a dominant instinct, to use kind of a layman's term, they need details, facts, uh, research, data. Uh, that's that's their primary thing. Follow-throughs need to know timelines and schedules and order. They need to have checklists and, and follow kind of a process, either that they've created or that they're following that someone else has created. Quick starts, which is what I am. I'm, in a, I'm a nine in quick start and I'm an initiating quick start. I will make decisions with my gut I love change. My best work is at the last minute. I typically can do things on the fly. Um, and, and also I, I, I love to risk. I, I can risk without having a lot of data behind the risk. Those that are initiating or dominant and implementer, they love quality. They love using their hands. It's a haptics element. Um, they love quality and quality control. They love tools and the ways to make something better. They're very focused mm-hmm. on making sure that the quality is their signature. And sometimes they have an individualistic way that they, you know, kind of show that quality. They're more about here, come with me. Let me show you what I've done and show you that it's been mm-hmm. done properly and with quality. I got to tell you all four of those action modes can be a successful entrepreneur. 
because it takes data to run a business. It takes processes to run a business. It takes risk and thinking outside of the box and it takes quality control to run a business. So I've seen amazing entrepreneurs mm -hmm. initiate in one or several of those action modes and be crazy successful. So Jason, as a, as a quick start, would would you be the person in a non-business setting? Let's say you're you're getting together with a bunch of friends from high school and you're trying to decide where to eat for dinner that night. Would you be the one that would say, all right, we're going to, you know, would you be the one that would kind of decide for the group where you're going to go eat? Um, I wouldn't be the one that would decide, but I would be the one that would try to land the plane and get a decision made. I wouldn't be that, no, <laughs> we're going here, but right. I would say, Hey, everybody, here's three choices. What does everybody want? Uh, and so, and so I, I wouldn't be that because I think that that, you know, maybe dominance is a little, is personality and less instinct. Okay. Um, and so, so I wouldn't be that I would try to be very collaborative, you know, qu quick starts definitely have a gut feeling about, about the direction that maybe something to go. And by the way, that gut feeling might not be right. Okay. So the gut feeling might not be right. That very well could be right. But I would be the one that would try to be collaborative and try to get everybody mm -hmm. on the same page to say, here's three options. What does everybody think? Yeah. Well, cause I'm, I'm, uh, I haven't done the Colby assessment. I've mainly, um, or the Colby index. I've, I've mainly done the disc the disc personality assessment. And mm -hmm. we actually have these little guides that my wife printed for our team. And that way it's a quick reference and we have uh, ways to communicate ways not to communicate. And we, we mail these to our staff. So that way, when they're going to have a conversation with somebody and maybe, maybe things are off track, you can kind of be like, Oh yeah, this person doesn't like to be communicated with that way. Or here's how I could approach them differently. But what I'm hearing you say is this is, more personality, whereas Colby is, is instinct. Is that? A absolutely. And, and I respect disc Myers Briggs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Active index, like tremendously. And actually a lot of our clients might use two different assessment tools uh, in their business. And I, I really like this. Um, and, and interestingly enough, what that flip chart that you just had, we do the exact same thing in the Colby world. It's called a Colby A to A where if we have a Colby A on one team member and we have a Colby A on another team member, we can kind of smash those two together to, mm -hmm. to create almost a guide of communication, problem solving, working together on a daily basis, not working together on a daily basis. And it really is this awesome guide that our clients love. I mean, we issue a ton of A to A's because people just want to know how can we play better in the sandbox with our team members? How can we get along with them? How can we go and deliver mm -hmm. better results easier. And the Colvier index with a lot of our clients in, in that team building element has mm -hmm. been an incredibly powerful tool for them to wrap their head around what they do and the passion element behind that and what that ultimately means for that team member to feel like they go to work in a passion environment and are like tapping their instincts every single day and they never feel like they're working or very rarely feel like they work they're working that's that's incredible um it sounds really nice to be able to do that right so it's it's <laughs> spring it's springtime our, our our i'm i'm thinking like our landscape clients here um who are feeling understaffed and and right. they're they're really struggling. Does it make sense to 
to use Colby or personality assessments when you're recruiting and hiring um, in a market like this, in a labor market like this? Should you go through that thorough of a interview process to match somebody who's going to be energized by the job? So I would say that that for for me, the kind of the boots on the ground field position, people that are actually out doing the trade, um, the lifeblood of the company, as you and I both know, that probably is not a position that I would do um, uh, Colby, uh, Colby wisdom work on. Now, I will say that I, I advise my clients that if we've got somebody out in the field who is exhibiting um, the opportunity to move up in the organization into a management or leadership uh, type of a role, that we might want to get a Colby A on them to determine maybe where they might, you know, fit fit best. Okay, but in terms of hiring um, the 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 boots on the ground, probably the Colby A index is not something that we would ever recommend. Now, for all management positions, operations management, office manager, to sales designers, customer service account managers. Uh, uh, accounting folks, um, administrative, CSRs, all of those positions, we absolutely recommend to use uh, Colby Right Fit is what it's called. Um, the, the thing that, that we love about Colby Right Fit is that you can take a Colby index that measures what natural instincts would be most successful in a position. So it's not about a person, it's about a position. Let's say one of your clients wanted to hire a new sales designer. They would take a Colby index about a sales and designer. And then when they had applicants that they thought were really awesome, they would issue the Colby A. And the, 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 we create this, what's called a range of success. And the range of success is just that. It gives us a range of a result that will, that will demonstrate conative or instinctive success. And then we kind of smash the Colby A into the range of success. And it actually gives a grade, A through F whether or not they will be able to be successful instinctively in that position. Now, hiring for us doesn't stop there. And as I think maybe you know, or some people who know me, we own or I own a, a, an HR consulting company. So we talk this language a lot in our hiring practices. We, we also believe that this is a little bit of a nugget that we really only share with clients <laughs> is that we believe that the hiring process in that management or front office position is one third skill. Do they have the skill, the resume, the experience, the education to, uh, to do the job? Number two would be one third uh, culture. How well do they play in the sandbox with the team? Do they fit culturally with the team? That's more of a personality element. They're gonna be able to work well with their coworkers. And then one third instincts, which would be Colby Wright fit. So we, we walk our clients through a process where we're analyzing the skill, the personality, culture, and then also the instincts. And if we have check marks in those boxes, then we know that we're, we're, we're jumping towards a little bit of a, of a better hire than just, hey, this resume looks good. You look good for us. Will you take 20 bucks an hour? You know, which is the way a lot of people are hiring right now. And the cost of a bad hire is a lot more than 20 bucks an hour or whatever the hiring well, uh, rate is. Oh, it's, it, it is. Absolutely. So I'm curious and partly just to play devil's advocate here. Why sure. wouldn't you then go through that a similar process for hiring your field staff? If, if, if you're going to have high turnover and if they are the lifeblood of the company, they're the people out on job sites 
Um, there's a lot of risk in hiring the wrong person, um, training them only to have them leave four weeks in. Why, why wouldn't we apply a, the similar assessment or index to, to that person? Great, great question. And I would say it's, it's really a function. Well, number one, it's a function of what the assessment is actually measuring. And I would say that, um, I mean, we rarely, if ever, issue a Colbier to anyone that's out in the field unless we think that they're going to move up. Um, so, th so that's that's a historical thing for us. But I would also say that in today's marketplace, and today's marketplace has actually been the same marketplace, even though a lot of people would say COVID made hiring a lot more difficult. It did, but it was still difficult before that. Okay, and so the the thing that I have said and I've said it publicly up on stage in my speaking engagements for years and years and years is that you got to get into the mind of the applicant. You got to get into into the mind of, of that position and they want a job, they want it fast and they want to work for a good person. Now we hope that we find somebody who's awesome that they can move up in the organization. So it's a, it's a, it's more of a timing thing and also a, a mindset of getting into the mind of the applicant and what they need to make a decision to join a team and quick to market is super important. Yeah. Being fast is so important. And, yep. and, um, one thing we've seen that works really well is, you know, text messaging during the application process of getting, Hey, Jason, thanks so much for applying. Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a call from this number. Um, you know, and then that way they, they see the call, they've seen the number, they take the call and moving them quickly. So that was why, that was my hunch of why, you know, the speed right. of this. And I also know just working with clients that many of those, those people don't pan out. And I thought maybe, maybe it would, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe you should pay more and like make them jump through some hoops and then just keep people who are like going to be energized by it. But maybe that doesn't work. We've tried it before, just just in a little couple of case studies, and and I would say that that it ended up not being successful, and so we don't even recommend it. I mean, maybe we need to dip our toe back into that water, but it's just not something that that I recommend. Now, I will tell you, and I don't know. I mean, we talked briefly before we went um, before we started recording. You know, if your um, if your clients have like like technical type positions like a fertilization and weed control applicator or an irrigation tech or a, a high level project manager who's who's a working manager that mm -hmm. would be probably the case closest to the boots on the ground that we'd want to issue a colbier but in terms of crew members or a crew leader so on and so forth probably wouldn't want to put them through the right fit uh, uh the right fit process well jason hey this has been uh this has been great. You're a wealth of, of information and wisdom. I'd love to just keep chatting, but we've got to wrap up. So um, for for everyone listening, where uh, where can we connect with you? JasonCup.com or on almost all the major social medias at Jason Cup. So that's the best way to get in touch with me. Cool. So that's JasonCupp.com. And I'll put a link to that in our show notes for everyone listening. And uh, Jason, thanks again for coming on the show. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Jack. Be good. All right, everyone, thanks so much for listening to today's episode. My name is Jack Jostis, and you've been listening to The Landscaper's Guide. You know, I love sending beef jerky to landscapers. It's kind of it's kind of a big deal. It makes me really happy. And uh, if you haven't gotten any beef jerky, I'd love to send you some. So go to landscapersguide.com toolbox. 
I will ship you a bag of beef jerky, the Landscapers Marketing Field Guide, and I'll send you right away our top three podcast episodes. So check that out at landscapersguide.com slash toolbox. See our show notes for a link. And I look forward to talking to you next week. Mm. It's good stuff. Thank you.